Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to the 34th episode of Barefooting with Sierra. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional land, gathering place, and traveling route of the Cree, Anishinaabe, Blackfoot, Métis, Dene, and Nakota Sioux. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I've been living without shoes since 2010. I alternate between using she, her, and they, them pronouns. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed creative healer Corey McDonald. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts. Novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I'll give you updates on what I'm working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. I'm still working on editing the finale to my Red 72 series. Special thanks to everyone who helped out with sensory descriptions of what it's like in Manila, especially right outside of the airport. Some very helpful people on Twitter sent me YouTube videos that helped me get the sights and sounds right for my descriptions. In novel news, a Black-owned bookstore named after Ida B. Wells is opening in Collingswood, New Jersey next month. Ida's is the sister store to Harriet's in Philadelphia, named after Harriet Tubman. Owner Janine A. Cook told Courier Post, Ultimately, it would be great to have one in every state. For now, I'm going to start where I'm at. I have Pennsylvania. I have New Jersey. We'll see what happens next. It would be really dope to see a Sojourner's Bookshop. It would be really dope to have a Rose's Bookshop, a bookshop named for Toni Morrison. There's no shortage of amazing black women who have done work that I think needs to be and gets to be recognized. I think Ida B. Wells, I kind of say that they whisper to me. I think Ida B. Wells started whispering louder and louder because of what we're seeing with the police state, because of what we're seeing with state-sanctioned lynchings. Her mission around lynching continues to inspire me. Her mission to use journalism and the written word as a tool for social change continues to inspire me. I think it's going to inspire a whole generation. Amazon Studios have ordered a pilot episode for a series based on Harlan Coben's young adult mystery crime drama, Shelter, the first book in his Mickey Bulletar trilogy. Coben will serve as executive producer alongside showrunner Ed Dechter. And now for comics. Wanted to give a shout out to Two for One Special, podcast about two best friends talking about things they love. Whether it's anime or video games, you're going to get two awesome people talking about awesome things. You can find Two for One Special on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Look for Two for One Special and be sure to subscribe. All Albertans over the age of 40 are now eligible for the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine. Of course, people are still protesting the vaccines and saying it's a government hoax to control us and a bunch of other nonsense. In my latest comic, What's an AstraZeneca? Robbie Raccoon confronts a group of anti-vax protesters. 
You can see that on my comics Instagram, at World of Possums. And now for my interview with creative healer, Corey McDonald. Well, Corey, it's great to, to have you on the show. Could you please tell us a little about what you do, where you're from, and uh, just about yourself? Yeah, so it's so cool that we're both here, this connection with Canada. I grew up in Canada, in Edmonton. For the past almost 25 years now, I've been living overseas internationally, mostly through Asia and then Middle East, and now we're over here in Europe, in Belgium. What I do is I'm a creative healer, and how that came about is through the journey of my own life and getting myself to be in my joy and to be healed by a myriad of, of ways and all the ways that really supported my growth and transformation I naturally became trained up in. So things like transpersonal art therapy and energy healing and I've learned heart speaking, all of these are generally nonverbal modalities to, I say, get under the hood, <laughs> get out of that beta crunching problem monkey mind, and to find out more of who we are and discover more potentials that are tucked inside and how to flow them out. So creativity is a beautiful way to do that without even speaking a word. So when you say creative healing, like a lot of people know what art therapy is, but it goes beyond that. Can you tell us a bit more about what that means? Yeah, I know. Creative healing can sound like that's a, your typical job <laughs> description. I mean, ultimately, I really believe each of us is meant to flow through life as I call it the creative intelligence we are. But you could insert whatever your belief is, whether it's divine or God or Allah, as they say in the Middle East, your higher power. And we're actually meant like an upcycling artist. I love these upcycling artists who take stuff that's broken, discarded. Some would say it's just unfixable trash. We're actually like them. We're able to take those heavy trapped emotions or situations or challenges that just seem like, oh, and we can actually upcycle them and utilize them as our ultimate art material. So I do that through using art therapy and Art therapy, most people have heard about it now, but essentially, if you break it down, the art in art therapy, it's not art with a capital A. It's not a perfect piece of art you see in a gallery. It's a container, whether it's a piece of paper, or some people do it through music or dance. It's, for me, it's usually on paper, crayons. We keep it simple, no stress, and we really move the emotions out. And all our emotions are our energy in motion. So when you feel something like, especially something that we don't, we weren't taught how to feel. No one taught us this in school. Oh, you're angry. Feel it. Show me what it looks like. <laughs> you know, usually we just shove it down and say, I'm fine. We're not fine. So where does it go? So you can flow it out, literally put it on a page. The paper becomes a container and then you're looking at a part of you that is actually really important to talk about dialogue with. And I teach people how to have a process where you take that heavy trapped emotion, flow it out, and you pivot it. And there's a wealth of information, intelligence, and next steps tucked in there. So it's quite a beautiful upcycling that you can do. And then the therapy part for art therapy. Well, therapy, I draw on the Greek 
which is terapeia, which when you really translate it, break it down to its nugget, it's to intend towards. What are we intending towards? We're intending towards growth, to evolving, (laughs) to making life better, sweeter, more peaceful, and more joyful. So that's really what creative healing is. It's taking, I'm at this point, this is kind of not flowing. How can I get it to flow? It could be a, a little thing or it could be a massive like, oh, those moments that are just like <gasps> moments. But all of it is for our growth and our transformation if we know the tools, the power tools to get there. Absolutely. And then you have a book, Life in Full Colors, Unlock Your Childlike Curiosity to Uncover and Activate the Creative Intelligence You Are. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, that's it. what I'm sharing it here is expanded in that book. And actually, I don't even like to call it a book. I call it, my husband said, this is like being in a workshop with you. Like, (laughs) it's an opportunity to learn these seven steps, which organically came through from the past 10 years of working. And like I was sharing with you, we've been bumping all over the world. And I've learned that it doesn't matter whether I'm with children in the slums in Bangkok or with CEOs in the beautiful, um, slick buildings in Dubai, there is we're all human and we all have challenges of different flavors and colors, but we, we can do learn these seven steps. And so I I had about a month there, Sierra, where people were, I think five people in one month said, this is so useful and so simple. I can do this. Even myself, you should write a book. And after about the fifth person, (laughs) I was like, maybe I should write a book. And then we went into lockdown last March, whole world, right? And so that was a perfect opportunity. I didn't plan it. I, it's like everything that now I'm so fluid with this uh, creative intelligence within me. I had a hunch when you have a strong hunch, there's usually something coming, right? And uh, I just tucked in and I do in the morning, I spend time in the quiet, I call it like meditation or just silent sitting and I now I don't even need to use my art materials. I literally hear, get your computer. So I grab my computer and shoom, it's like a download of the steps laid out. But even before that, before you even do this, there has to be a level of trust that I have to feel safe in myself to do something like this, you know, to just how do you know what colors to grab? How do you know? So there's foundational chapters where I kind of walk alongside you to build up that flow. And then the whole way through are not just exercises, but creative sparks to bridge whatever you learn from that little page of the book into your life. So things people have said things happen in the book, and then all of a sudden it activated things in my own life. So that's actually it, because we are energy at the bottom of it when science takes us down to our smallest thing we're a quark we're just a vibrating bit of energy and energy uh, like attracts like so as things start to upward spiral or start moving in the you start moving and showing up in new ways and creating a new state of being you create that across all vectors and sectors of your life so it's quite an exciting book to share in the world, especially now with COVID, when there's a lot of four by fouring through life. <laughs> Even me, I still use I need to use the book. I, I still this is what I share with the medicine I use. So 
You mentioned the book is basically like being in a workshop with you. What do you do in your workshops? How do people access those? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Now I had to move everything online, which is quite wonderful because look at us. You're back in my hometown and I'm over here across the world and here we are together. And so it's the same thing. My website is uh, creating healing with Corey and Corey spelled like sorry, just take off the S and put on a C dot com. That's very Canadian, right? We say we like our sorry. Yeah. And on there, if you're curious, it's really, it's great because I've just thrown on a bunch of free resources in PDF. So you can kind of dive in and try it yourself. I've even put on there, you guys, I was so missing. We're in lockdown again here, or at least semi lockdown here again. And so I'm missing things like touch or massage, like hugs. And, and uh, so I, I even have a way to do an internal massage through breath work and <laughs> colors. So there's so many creative things for you there. But you can also work with me, we could do a free consult. So you can get a sense because you have to feel comfortable to do this sort of thing with someone. And if you're curious, there's all the different ways you can work with me. And even more that I want to share is when the book came out, uh, a lot of people said, Oh, I love the book, but I, I really miss I'd love to have you alongside with me. And so I created an online course and I run it. It's a companion e-course to the book and I run it every month. So May's will start May 3rd and all week you get. So I've just took the book and let you and walk you through it. It's mostly videos, but you have little exercises you can do in your own time. But then at the end of the week, we get on a Zoom call and we do a creative circle. So we, whatever is happening in your life in real time, we can work on it together and guaranteed if it's happening in your life, <laughs> it's happening in something, a, fr a fractal of it's happening with me or someone else in the group. So it's a gorgeous way to learn how to do this for yourself so that you don't get derailed when things trigger you or things just kind of go this way. You can kind of go, oh, okay, I don't have to react. I can respond anew. Maybe this isn't a problem. Maybe this is an opportunity. So I teach you different ways to catch it and to redirect and find a new flow. Yeah. So helpful because like really so much of the challenges that we're facing right now, you have to be creative to kind of overcome and adapt to what life is throwing at us right now. That that yeah. creative living, like you really got to know how to do that with these new life circumstances that, that the pandemic is throwing at us. So you also um, on your website, you've got some some resources for people to deal with their emotional blocks. How can creative living help people deal with emotional blocks? Well, that's such an important question. I mean, we have such a myriad of emotions moving through us all the time. The thing is, people will say, well, Corey, it doesn't really add up because I'm not creative. Actually, <laughs> again, back to the energy, we're creating at the level of thought all the time. We're, we're making a little idea like, oh, I'm gonna, even what, what am I going to create for dinner? I can smell my boys are cooking down there. I'm vegetarian. I can smell there. <laughs> so I'm thinking, even now I'm like, maybe I'll create it, something like a stir fry or something. So we're always, you can be creative in the kitchen. You can create of any way. But what happens is that sometimes we get so derailed by our emotions or just so thrown about that when you're in that state, you're, you're not in your creative flow. You can literally feel your body will constrict. Like when we're in states like, I call, I don't call them positive and negative emotions. I call it, think about a 
Crayola box, a big box of crayons, and think of it as heavy and light emotions. And heavy, some examples would be anger or rage, you know, and you're just rage or fear or just being really timid or unsure. There's different flavors of each one. There's sadness or there's deep grief or then there's disgust or there's shame when you just, oh, or regret. There's all of those. And then on the flip side of those, you can pivot them. So for example, anger, when it's, when it's flipped, it, it goes straight to joy. Or when you go from sadness, you flip that and you got peace. So there's a whole rainbow. And what happens, especially with the self-help movement and stuff, a lot of people took it that, well, those heavy ones, we just, we don't want to feel those. We're going to put on a happy face. I did it for a decade. It totally spiraled me into depressions. You become so disconnected from your authentic self, your creative intelligence, your divine essence, that you're not being real. You can't be authentic and transparent and feel peaceful when you're putting on a mask every day and you have all this turbulence, right? So the emotional component is our essence. It's like our radar to know if we're, if our GPS is on the right course or not. And so we should welcome them all in. Rumi has that poem, The Guest House. And he says, you know, welcome each emotion as a guest, like a, a deep sadness. We need to inquire. And so this book and my teachings and my workshops, I even when I work one-on-one with people, we do that right away. It's just what's feeling heavy? Boom. Don't got to think about it. In fact, I take a transpersonal approach, which means we're more than these things alone in the world. There's us on the micro and then there's a macro. So we move right into the heart. We close our eyes, we breathe, we get out of that busy mind, like I said, still important, but we activate the feeling mind. And when we get those in coherence, not only do we get incredible information and intelligence within us that's tucked in waiting for us to just ask the right questions to let it out, because we're playing it out, we're doing a new language, let's say. And science shows us that when you're in coherence, deep breathing, it's meditative state, you're in flow state, you have a physiological responses that are so good. It's like so healthy. Your heart rate slows down, your serotonin levels increase, your hormones start to regulate, your nervous system takes a break from being like in fight or flight or all those gorgeous things that people do yoga for or meditate for, they're all happening too. So you tap into the highest part of you and all of a sudden you get your emotions working with you and you become connected with them and you're really living. You're really in your full colors. That's that's the name, life in full colors. Your authentic self can flow through. Wonderful. And I think it's so important that you mentioned that we're not just supposed to kind of box up those emotions that we don't want to feel. We really have to process them. I had a therapist probably almost 10 years ago now that like I, I have bipolar disorder and with that comes some very heavy emotions. And she was recommending that I create a mental box and just stuff those heavy emotions in there, which (laughs) Bless her. That doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> I know. I tried it too, hon. <laughs> I mean, you, you know what's incredible, though? Like, we are so amazing. As There are seasons of our life where we had to do that, right? Like, that's all the tools we had. 
And so it does work to a point, but we know, you know, it squirts out the other side or it gets misdirected elsewhere. So it is incredible how that's part of our journey is finding out what doesn't work. Like I'm grateful that I had decades of anxiety, panic attacks, dealing with my sadness through alcoholism, like all of this stuff. I was trying to get better. Like we can't even judge. We don't judge others, hopefully. And we don't really got to not judge ourselves because we're on this life journey to discover. And when what happens is even when we choose something that seems like where I say four by fouring off road, it's okay, because we're getting information and we're redirecting and okay, we might overcompensate, go this way, like that I went from though to I'll slap on a happy face, you know, like, (laughs) I had to figure out that don't work either. So and eventually, the minute that we're trying to evolve ourselves or to grow ourselves. If we do say yes to life, we'll grow in our own rhythm and timing and we'll find our way, find our way. Absolutely. The thing is to listen. Things fail off. We're always, we have our heart. We have our feeling heart, simple things. And we have all the tools. Absolutely. Well, it has been fantastic talking with you. Thank you again so much for joining me. Thanks so much, Sarah. Take care. All right, next up is journalism. In current events this week, video has been released of undercover drug enforcement agent Ryan Schumacher shooting 20-year-old Trayvon Johnson in the Huff neighborhood of Cleveland, Ohio. The video of the shooting comes from a security camera in the old East High School parking lot. The camera had a clear view of the shooting. In the video, Johnson is shown exiting a black SUV and walking towards his home past the unmarked white SUV Schumacher is sitting in. The video shows a muzzle flash, Then Johnson clutches his stomach and runs for his house, collapsing on his yard. The DEA home office initially said in a statement that Johnson fired at Schumacher, but later retracted that statement. According to the police report filed by the second officer who responded to the scene, Schumacher said that Johnson flashed a gun in his waistband and he felt threatened. Johnson was carrying a loaded gun, which, as a reminder, is a constitutional right. Carrying concealed weapons is legal in Ohio with a permit. The report did not include any details of the shooting. The second officer drove Johnson to a clinic in the back of the police cruiser because that was supposedly faster than waiting for an ambulance. The clinic then transferred Johnson to the trauma center at University Hospital. After going through surgery for his gunshot wound, Johnson was transferred to Cuyahoga County Jail, posted bond, and now awaits trial for concealed carry without a permit and aggravated menacing. No word yet on any charges on the officer who felt threatened and shot him. Trayvon Johnson is at least the seventh known black person to be shot by police in the United States this month, and at least the third in Ohio alone. Employees at Houston Methodist Hospital are being given until June 7th to get a COVID vaccine or lose their job. Currently, 89% of employees are vaccinated. The hospital wants that number to be 100% in order to stop transmission among staff and to keep their patients safe. The hospital has the same requirement for staff to get an annual flu vaccine. Some nurses on staff are saying the mandate isn't fair, claiming the shot hasn't been proven safe and that they should be given more time. All vaccines currently in use have passed safety tests and are proven to be safe and effective. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. I had lots of barefoot adventures this week. My kidneys are acting up, so I had to get an ultrasound on them, went barefoot to that, of course, went barefoot to my dental cleaning, no cavities, go me. 
And I did a barefoot test drive and vehicle purchase. Shout out to Jason and used car sales at Londonderry Dodge for hooking me up with my new ride. And an even bigger shout out to all of my family and friends who have listened to my anxiety rants about my old vehicle for the last two months. And the ones who have helped me out the million and a half times I've had to take it into the mechanic. Bye bye Matrix. Hello Venza. In barefoot news, writer and producer Bernie Kahn has died. He was 90 years old. Khan's credits include The Addams Family, The Barefoot Executive, and Bewitched. He was nominated for two Writers Guild Awards for Get Smart and My World and Welcome to It. He was also an accomplished swimmer. He represented the U.S. at the Maccabiah Games, where he won the 100-meter backstroke with a time that held the speed record for 10 years. He also represented the U.S. in the Pan American Games in Argentina, where he won a bronze medal. He was inducted into the Michigan Jewish Sports Hall of Fame in 2011. His family has requested donations in his name be made to the Motion Picture and Television Fund. Spoiler alert for The Challenge Double Agents. If you haven't watched the season finale yet, skip forward about 30 seconds. Ready? Okay, I warned you. Challenge winners Chris C.T. Tamburello and Amber Borzatra gave an interview with Entertainment Weekly about their final run that clinched their win. In the interview, Borzatra explains that she grew up in the mountains of Tennessee and she would run barefoot. She said the final challenge, which took place in the woods, was like being home again, and it was a lot of fun. That's all for this week's episode. I'll be back next week with an interview with occupational therapist and founder of Tambo Rhythms, George Ochoa. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as sierrathebarefootgirl, on Twitter at sierrabarefoot, and on TikTok at sierraisbarefoot. You can follow the podcast itself on Instagram at barefootingwithsierra. All of my books are available on Amazon. My comics are available on Instagram at worldofpossums and patreon.com slash possumpeat. Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening, and please share it with a friend if you've enjoyed it. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.